Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is Monday, February the 15th, day after Valentine's Day, and I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And boy, man, it is cold outside. There are so many different ways that you can say that it is cold, and I'm not even going to get into the cliche stuff, uh, but it is, I mean, we got negative wind chills in the city of Memphis, in the roundabout area, obviously, where we are. Uh, what, what do you think we got, like eight inches of snow right now, somewhere at six inches, uh, something like that? No, yeah, I bet I bet it's at least eight, and then um, it's supposed to come some more, right? Uh, yes. So for those that are from elsewhere around the country, not tomorrow, but Wednesday and Thursday. Yes, uh, we are getting so between yesterday and today, it's been about eight inches, eight to ten inches of ice and snow, yep. and then uh, tomorrow. Uh, we have nothing. It's just going to be dry tonight and tomorrow, except that it's not going to get any warmer than, what, 22? Yeah, I was about to say, but in the teens most of the time, so it's not going yeah. away. It uh, It is not going away. And then on Wednesday, it heats all the way up to 30 degrees or something like that. It stays below freezing, but it will be um, uh, another three to five inches of snow during the day, another three to five inches of snow at night, and then another one to three on Thursday. So, we are going to be locked in for the entire week. I mean, it is. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, this area is about to be on lockdown for real. I So, we went outside just before this and, and took my two-year-old outside, which that is for the birds. It is so cold out. I, I had on triple layers of clothes, as, as did he and my wife, and we walked up to the main road, right? Like, we live in a little subdivision. We walked over to the stop sign and then up a little hill to get to the main road that, that connects us from this little town in Mississippi up to the big city in Memphis. And, dude, there were people flying on this road. And there is, it ain't been plowed. There ain't no salt or sand or whatever. People are losing their minds. And there was a guy stuck in the middle of the street, just back wheels spinning. He was in like a Dodge Charger. And... Just out joyriding. He had no reason to be out, but he got stuck in the middle of an intersection. That's, it's it is a bad situation for uh, two-wheel drive vehicles, oh. and uh, it's definitely bad for real rear-wheel drive vehicles oh, and yes. trucks. you got to have some weight in the back of that joker, man. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Taylor jumps in. He said, uh, F this weather. Ben jumps in on Twitch, and he said, uh, does the world end when it snows in Mississippi? And he said, it's anarchy. Uh, Man, we're not really anarchy. We just all go inside. Yeah, we just go inside. Like, I'll tell you this. If anything's going to kill the Rona, like, this is, like, you wanted people to quarantine, well, 
We all quarantining. This is the way it. to do it. This is the way to yeah. do it. There, there is, there is no, you know, uh, fighting against this machine. No, you, you're just gonna do what it tells you to do. Yep, you got it. So we have got everything prepared for if the power goes out and everything else. I got my fireplace fixed up. I got a. We we have a supply of water in case the pipes decide that they want to burst or something because it's supposed to be like zero degrees tonight. Like yeah. there's all kind of different stuff that we are preparing for. I can't imagine the people that did not prepare for this that just thought, ah, it's going to go north or it's it, it's not going to hit. It never does. They always say this every year, and they really do. The weather people say it every year. And this is the this is the problem. the The old school story of the boy cry wolf. When you say it's going to be bad all the time, this is why people sit through hurricanes. Yep. Okay, it's because time after time after time, because they want ratings, they talk about how it's going to be the the one that ends it all, <laughs> and so everybody's eyes are on it. Oh yeah, and then it's really not that bad, and then one day. It's gonna be that bad, and people are just gonna sit at home, oh, and yeah. they're all gonna die. The now this is uh, the worst that that we have had. This is we've yes. already got a record low already. We've gotten we've gotten um, more ice than this before. The ice storm of '94 yeah, yeah, yeah. was was days and days of ice. We got we got one half day of ice and then two days of snow. Yep, this is the most snow we've ever gotten in my lifetime. Oh yeah, and and we are we're nearly forty, so four decades. Yeah. I mean this is. This is crazy stuff. Crazy stuff that we're living through, but uh, it is pretty outside. Like, I do like yeah, the snow. Yeah, it's real pretty. It makes it's it really pretty. bright. Well, once again, we're just locked in the house with these same fucking people all the right. time, man. But I'll tell you this. Uh, we still get to do Winning Cures Everything, and I'm pretty yes. excited about that. So. Yes, and I still love those people. I just don't want to yes. be around them all the time. <laughs> no, that's not true. They know I'm a very hard... Gary, you know this. I'm a very difficult person to be around for a long period of time. And most of this is my fault. I understand that. <laughs> it doesn't make it any easier, but. You are a very loving person, but you are also a little needy. Is needy the right word? No, I'm uh, high maintenance. I'm high very maintenance. high maintenance. That's now, here's the thing. My high maintenance, I never demand anybody else to handle. That's I true. take full responsibility for it, but I'm I'm just very high maintenance. This is true. This is true. Yeah. All right, let's jump off of uh, of this winter weather talk. Let's talk about some actual sports news. Uh, oh, hey, no, I wanted to I wanted to finish up with this the the 133 car pileup in Fort Worth that happened what Friday or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, which I didn't even know was going on, or maybe it was Saturday morning. I don't. No, remember. it happened Friday. It was Friday. All right. So, and we didn't talk about it on the show on Friday. I think we were in a bit of a hurry, but uh, but that is my worst nightmare, and it's why I don't drive in this stuff. Like there are too many bridges everywhere there's too many places that i got to be in in hopping on the interstate is of course the quickest way to get there for me to get to my job to get to everywhere else like that is the way that i have to take if i'm going to get there in a reasonable amount of time right and but that's it you just don't take those roads yeah like the idea of driving in this the idea of reasonable amount of time has now changed oh absolutely which is why i don't do it i don't drive in this stuff but that is that's my worst Nightmare. The stories that have come out of that thing, people, you could hear the cars hitting each other for miles and miles. Like, you you heard it. Like, if you were involved in that at the very front of it, you could still hear it going on behind you for, like, 30, 45 minutes. It was, they said it was terrifying, and I could yeah. not imagine, man. Like, that's, there is no way you could get me out on roads like that. 
There's no well, you chance. Just don't, yeah, no, you got to stay off the interstates. But like, so I, I mean, I was unfortunate enough to have a corporate job or, or a real job where I had to, I had to go into work. There was no, man, we didn't take time off. All right. We can get, we can get closed now for this. Okay. You go to work, you in the yep. security world, you work, listen, we're there when everybody else is not. So we were getting extra work. Oh okay? yeah. And, and that was just one of those things where it's just a slow and steady going in that race. Oh, no, you 100% right about that. I mean, that is, that is a, you know, drop it in neutral when you're going over the interstate or when you're going over any kind of bridge or bypass. I stayed off the interstate. It's just, you're just going to leave an hour and a half before you get to work. I mean, oh, that's yeah. just it. I had to be there at six. I'm leaving at 430. Yep. Uh, Taylor. If I get there early with no problems, I'm just going to park and chill in my yeah, car. Yeah, you just hang out. That's it. You just hang, hang out. out. Uh, Taylor said South Bend's on winter weather advisory until 10 a.m. Uh, yeah, this stuff that's coming for you, hardcore, man. Uh, Casey said yeah. it's getting bad in Louisville, supposed to get 8 to 12 inches. Yeah, that's what they, they had us at 8 to 12 inches, and it's it's at about 8 right now, but I think it's supposed yeah. to stop here pretty soon. Uh, yeah. The worst thing is, before the snow hits, there's about a, a solid you know inch or two of ice beforehand. It was sleeting. Yeah. Last if night we didn't get morning. the ice, it wouldn't be so bad. But, Ooh. yeah, when you get about two inches of ice a day before all the snow comes in and we stay in the teens the whole time so the ice never has a chance to melt, it's, it's no no good at all. Yep. It is bad juju. Bad juju. So, yeah, you guys that are that are getting this, yeah, Casey said it's sleeted all morning. Yeah, and don't be driving in this, buddy. Don't be driving. Uh, Taylor said it's the goat of Mississippi snowstorms. I told you. I told you every time that yeah, you bring up fine. goat, it's it's going. You happen. can say goat of, of a storm because no, no, you don't have to pay credence <laughs> or homage to this storm. That's fine. That's fine. That works. What is this thing? It's, I think it's Winter Storm Yuri. I think that's what they called it. I, I didn't even know Winter I, Storms had names. I've, I've watched. I've watched zero news on this. I don't watch. I just don't watch the news at all anymore. It's, oh no, I I don't watch the news. But man, I'm all over Twitter trying to find news for us to talk about. Which, by oh, the way, yeah, look that stuff up. But exactly. Yeah. Um. Casey said prayers for everyone that electricity doesn't go out. Yeah, that's I, I've been prepping for that. Like just in case. You never know with this stuff, man. Like I, I you know what? I did find out because I started doing the research on the uh, on my map and everything. The power grid that I am connected to is also connected to the industrial park and the Olive Branch Airport. So my guess is if our power does go out, we're gonna be some of the first ones back up. So We'll be at least lucky with that. But you remember when I first moved into this house like five years ago and the power went out if the wind blew the wrong direction? Yeah. Yeah, Lee, that was the worst. I don't know that that Olive Branch Airport's helping you at all. Maybe not. I'm, I'm going to bet I'm gonna bet this week they don't get a plane. They don't let a plane up or down. Oh, probably not. Probably not. But I, I do bet that the industrial part, they absolutely are going to be letting Yeah, probably work. those people are still going to work. Yep, absolutely. Those businesses still have to function. You yeah. have got that right. You can't just shut down for a week when you're doing that. Not when you're doing that. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. 
Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, so uh, speaking of finding news on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, uh, we were alerted this morning that good old Gus Malzahn has taken the UCF job. They offered it last night. It was reported on AL.com and and the Orlando Sentinel and all sorts of other stuff. And this morning, he has taken it. He is taking the job. He is going to Orlando. Found out the details, by the way. It is a five-year, $11.1 million contract. Um and none of that is is crossed off uh, the the Auburn contract. Like Auburn had to pay everything regardless of of what Gus Malzahn ends up doing afterwards. So he has got a bank account that is full to the brim, and and now he gets paid by UCF as well. And he didn't have to take that much money from UCF, which worked well, out. No, well. I see you talking about two point two two point three million dollars. Oh That's yeah. My- uh, Damien jumped in. Mother Nature is the goat. Sorry, MJ. <laughs> you got that right. And Alonzo Chico said, I think Gus at UCF is cool. I think it is, too. It's going to be nice to see him without his hands tied behind his back yep. by a, a booster organization that basically runs the football program. You don't yeah, have we're that. Gonna get, we're going to get to see him and and his qualifications and what he he really is. When he went into Arkansas State, the offense that he was running was super creative incredibly fun, and I think that's, that, that's what he's going to do at UCF. He has got speed for days the, in Orlando. The one the one knock of the Arkansas State gig was is he came behind one of the best recruiters in, in all of college football. Yeah, but Hugh Freeze now, was, that only, guy there was for, only there for one year also, yeah. but he still recruited a bunch of kids and ended up going to Arkansas State. That's true. That is Because those weren't Ole Miss-level kids. Those weren't SEC-level kids. They were just the best at that level, and they still went to school there. Which is great. That that should tell you everything you need to know about who Auburn hired, by the way. Uh, they brought in Brian Harson, so it was it was Hugh Freeze, and then and Hugh Freeze went what eleven and two, and yep. then Gus Malzahn went ten and two or eleven and two, whatever it was, and then they brought in Brian Harson right after, and he went seven and five with the same bunch. Now you can't obviously you can't read everything off of that, but they had good enough players under Malzahn and Hugh Freeze to win the conference. And yep. win eleven games, go to a bowl game, all that kind of mess. They bring in Brian Harson, they go seven and five. It's like, mm, okay, it is what it is. Uh, Andrew Shirey jumps in. Imagine UCF goes undefeated again and plays Alabama in the playoff. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. I'd be all about it. Like, I, I, I say that I would hate to see Gus Malzahn in the playoff. Yeah, I know he's I the only coach that. that has. He's beaten you more than anyone else. Nick Saban is like 72 and 6 or something in the yeah. SEC in the last decade or something. And three of those losses were to Gus Malzahn. Two of them to Hugh Freeze. So, is what it is. Uh, Casey said this is interesting. I wonder if UCF gets better or worse. 
I so they were a tad bit on the decline, but I don't know how much you can read into that. Now Heupel was only there for three seasons, went twelve and one, went ten and three, and then this year went six and four. But they had so many opt outs, and the only losses that he has had, other than that that molly whopping put on him by BYU in the bowl game, they've all been one possession games. So it, one play changes here or there, and they win and all those talking- other games. A, a complete barn burner in Memphis. You're talking a weird ass Tulsa game, which Tulsa that's two years in a row. So there's just that could just be something there about that. And then Cincinnati, who Cincinnati kind of beat the hell out of everybody, and UCF played them pretty tight. Yeah, I mean, only lost to them by three. Um, yeah, and UCF's the only team that got to actually score on Cincinnati. See, Cincinnati did what they want to do to all the rest of those teams, which is shut the offenses completely down, and UCF actually scored on them. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't beat him up for the record. Uh, I, I hypo up at all. I, I think this is a very comparable hire. I like Gus more than Hypo, but not a lot. I just think they're different. I think Gus has done things that Hypo has never done, but some of that's because of opportunity. You know, three wins against Nick Saban at Alabama. That's that's something that Heupel's never done. You know, he's he's been a part of beating up and 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 being one of the big boys in the SEC West. You know, that's something Heupel's never done. But it's it's simply because of opportunity. Yep, Heupel will get his chances against Nick Saban yeah. now that he's a my Tennessee. my argument and 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 I and I said this on the in the SBR show and will and that'll come out at some point in time so you can go watch that and hear it again, but. Can can somebody explain to me how Gus Malzahn is any different than Brian Kelly? That's you did bring this up, and I I still don't have a good answer for it uh, because because they are virtually the same record wise. They both play a really hard schedule year in and year out. I would say that Auburn's schedule is harder than Notre Dame's. Yes, because at no point in time is USC and Michigan anywhere close to the level of Georgia or Alabama or LSU um, or A&M, but they are, they're still up there. And the difference is, is he actually has wins over Georgia. He has wins over Alabama and Notre Dame. While they've played almost to a stalemate, the difference is, is Auburn has lost games that they shouldn't have lost. And Brian Kelly just rarely ever does that. But my argument is they're so close. And Brian Kelly, I would argue, is a top five coach in all of college football. Nobody should argue that he's not a top ten coach in all of college football. He's we all agree on that. Yeah. We kind of think Gus is a eh, maybe, maybe not. And I want to ask the question of how are they different? That's uh you you've got a very valid point. Auburn and Notre Dame right there in the recruiting rankings every year. It's just Same. Auburn has a much more difficult uh, schedule every season. Than- I don't even know that it's so much more difficult. It's just Alabama and Georgia are better than anybody Notre Dame will play yeah, at and that's, all. That's, that's what I'm saying overall. But that's right? but that's it. Like if you if you just say take the two worst games from from Notre Dame away and take the two worst games from from the, I bet there's I bet they finish about the exact same. Yeah, I would be willing to bet that. Casey said UCF definitely going to be a top 25 team next year in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Uh, Andrew said, I have to imagine Gus is going to have a lot more fun at this job than Auburn. Well, yeah, you, you don't have the, the booster program going on. Handcuffs, UCF. man. Yeah, the handcuffs you, you are don't off. You don't have a legacy quarterback that's running off other quarterback recruits. Well, and it's not only that. Like, obviously, he wasn't super successful even before Bo Nix got there. Um, but it's, it's always something 
that's going on at that program, whether it's, you know, who they let you hire or whoever else. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff that goes on there, and it's, I mean, Auburn it handcuffs their own coaches. They, they do it all the time. They did this go-round, like, obviously, they did not necessarily want Brian Harson, but that's who the AD wanted. But you could still tell that the the boosters have their hands in there somewhere because he hired Mike Bobo as the offensive coordinator. And that is just a, a strange, strange fit. And you can say, oh, it's because they, they coached against each other when Bobo was at uh, uh, Colorado State and Harson was at Boise State and whatnot. But that, those offenses are not even close to similar. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, it, 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 on, on its surface, it makes no sense. But they brought in a bunch of dudes that are comfortable in the SEC. So it was, all right, you, you got Harson, but we're going to get the other guys. So uh, that's that's what Auburn does. It is what it is. Ben jumps in. Gus versus Fickle will be fun. I doubt Memphis wins the American anytime soon now. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I, I just think last year, while that UCF win was a big win, I'm – I'm just not I'm not sold on Silverfield. And maybe I'm wrong because it's the best recruiting class Memphis has ever had. Yeah. But recruiting and everything, Gus is never going to get out. He's never going to out-recruit folks. Yeah. He's just going to out-scheme them, out-coach them. No, you're 100% right about that. And, I mean, obviously, he it, whether he recruits well or not, like obviously UCF was number four in the American this season uh, in recruiting. They were number four last year. They were number seven the year before that. Like it, it, even under yeah. Heupel. They weren't recruiting at the top of the conference, but if you can take players and develop them and put them into a system, it doesn't it. matter. Hang on, and, 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 and we know these recruiting situations aren't aren't gospel. Yeah. Okay. I, you give me a bunch of two stars and three stars that played competitive high school football out of Florida, and you take the four star out of you know Missouri and the three stars out of Missouri, like. I'll take I'll take the two stars from Florida and and just assume that the grading's wrong. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, again, like there is such a thing as player development. So yeah, but also, like I said, you're trying to evaluate at that time, you know, sixteen year old kids. Oh yes, I mean, like, it's impossible. Offensive lineman, defensive lineman. When you have a man that's playing with boys that just looks like a grown up, like yeah, that guy's easy to he's easy to look at and say yeah, he's a five star. Look look at that monster. But the rest of them, it's not so cut and dry. No, you're hundred percent right. You are 100% like, right. Like, we could all look at Arch Manning as a 16-year-old and be like, yeah, he looks legit. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about everybody else of what's the difference of this four-star and this two-star. Casey said would, they'll start getting better recruits now for sure. I don't know. That uh, probably. I, 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 think, I do think that Gus brings a little bit of a name brand. You know, yeah, that's a I mean, Gus point. gets to do something that Hypo never could. Gus gets to say, I got, you know, I, I coached Cam Newton. And that offense that Cam Newton ran at Auburn was mine. And how many of you kids have Cam abilities? You know, yeah. big, fast, cannon for an arm. Let's, you know, can you? Do you want to come play in this system? Do you want to come do that? I, I so I think that could help him. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's got a national championship ring as an OC. He's got a yeah. national championship appearance uh, as a as a head coach. As a head coach, that's right. You know, he's got SEC championships. He's got all kind of different yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's he, he's got some he's got some bona fides that Hypel just didn't have the luxury of, nope, which is are, fine. You are correct about that. Um, we'll move off of college football. Let's talk MMA for a second. And yep. I'm I was excited about this. Kamara Usman got the win over Gilbert Burns this weekend at UFC 258, and immediately, like he starts in with you know, put respect on my name, all that kind of stuff. And if you really think about it, uh, the list of, you know, the greatest 
in the UFC, it it's always it, obviously nobody thinks that Conor McGregor is the greatest, but that's one of the first names that comes out. And then there's uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, John Jones, Stipe Miocic, uh, Israel Adesanya, Amanda Nunez, and then eventually you might get to Usman. Right? I uh, <laughs> really, really, you're using Fig Newton as an example, says uh, Damian. Hey, Cam Newton in college was unbelievable, man. He won a national championship. Like, you can't deny that. Yep. But this Usman stuff, man, he... It, this fight that he had against Gilbert Burns, when we last saw Usman, he was beating Masvidal by pinning him in the corner and stomping on his feet. And it was one of those situations where, obviously, like, we all know that his wrestling is great. But it's also boring. And we talked about that being a problem in UFC. Like, your, your best fighters, your guys that are winning, are guys that will get on the ground and wrestle around for the entire fight. And that's not fun. It's not entertaining. The casual fan is not going to like that. And that's where your money is made. You've got some hardcore fans in UFC. It's not enough to maintain a billion-dollar business. Like, it's just not going to work. Um, Casey said, I knew Cowboy was going to whoop, dude. Well, that, that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> that happens in May. Um... No, this this whole situation, um, let's see, Usman is never going to be one of those superstars that you think of when you think of the UFC. He can be if he does what he did on Saturday night. He knocked out Burns in the third round and looked good and came out, and I don't know if I've ever seen this right. When, when the champion has already beaten a guy and he comes out and he calls out the guy that he's already beaten, he beat Jorge Masvidal, back in August, September, whatever it was. I'm I'm trying to figure out when that's ever happened. He called out Masvidal and was like, look, I know that you were saying if you had had a full fight camp, if you well, had had this Masvidal, that. Yeah, it's because Masvidal was, was saying that he, you know, he didn't, uh, I mean, he came know, in he, on, he on seven days notice. Stuff. Yeah, he came in on six days notice, uh, and then Usman, the only way he beat him was like stomping on his feet and pinning him in the yeah. corner. And that is that is true. I get he that. Did win. I get that. I get that. I get winning, beating somebody, and then everybody saying, "Oh, it's got to have an asterisk. It's got to have an asterisk." And then you know that pissing you off yeah. and wanting to beat that guy again. I totally get that. Yeah, that's a, I totally I, understand that. I've never seen it, but what they're going to do with it now is very interesting. They're bringing back the Ultimate Fighter. Did you ever watch the TV show? Yes. Now that I watched more than any pay per views ever, I watched religiously. Because I thought it was a great TV show, and it, it was, was the best thing USC ever did. And they are bringing it back now, and it is the coaches are going to be Jorge Masvidal and Kamara Usman. And I cannot wait. I think this is going to be fantastic for ratings, for everything else. These two guys really don't like each other. I am pumped about it, man. Like, I am so stoked about what the UFC is doing. Obviously, we talked on Friday about all the different, like, John Jones is is going to fight for the heavyweight belt against the winner of uh, uh, Francis Ngannou and uh, uh, Stipe. All of this stuff, what the UFC is doing right now is is what I had hoped for. And and it's entertaining. In no, case- I like it. And I like watching John Jones fights. I can't give him the credit everybody else gives him. Because, like, 60% of it, like, a, a large section of his wins have all been thrown out because the guy can't fight without cheating. He cannot fight without PEDs. He cannot fight without steroids. And, that, and that's what I say he can't. He just didn't for a really, really long time. And he beat the hell out of a lot of folks. 
Yeah. And he's a badass fighter. But, it, you know, when you take that many roids over and over and over again, and you just keep getting caught. My problem is, is this is one of those situations where, where you're Dana, you, you know, you're kind of whoring yourself out to let this guy back time and time and time and time again. It'd been different if I, I'm all about second chances. I'm all about third chances. Look, I screw stuff up all the time and I'm glad people get multiple chances, but I, I'd probably have to Google it or look it up. Man, it's, it's a lot of times this dude has fought unclean and that's just not okay. And that's bad it's, for your brand. It's bad for your product. But for some reason we all forget that. And we still throw his name out there. Like he got all those wins and like he beat all those people up legitimately because we remember seeing him beat those people up. It's not as many as you would think it is. He had one that was overturned uh, after he tested positive for uh ball and that was uh, the win over Daniel Cormier. But other than that, like he, he suffered one loss uh, in the Ultimate Fighter Heavyweights finale back in 2009. He has not lost a fight since then. Um, and, and none of them have been thrown out. I mean, it was Rampage Man, Jackson. I thought, I thought he fought Cormier like three times, and he, all of them he so, tested positive afterwards. Let's see. Because that's, um, that's, that's the guy that I remember just couldn't. I was like, why would he keep taking fights with him? Um, he fought that was Cormier multiple twice. times. He fought Cormier twice. Uh, you're right. Both times. Both, both um, times were dirty. Yeah. The first, so the second one was ruled a no contest and that was in 2017 in yeah. 2015. Uh, he was stripped of the title in April. They fought in January. He was stripped of the title in April after violating the UFC athlete code of conduct. Okay. So that's never mind. That's not, um, no, he wasn't stripped of, uh, of any of the titles for that. So it, it, it was a big point of contention in the press, right? That's that's always been a big thing that, oh, he got popped for this, he got popped for that. He got popped for it before uh, another fight, and they just called off the fight. Uh, but the only one that has been overturned was the one against Cormier in, let's see, UFC 214 in 2017. And he won performance of the night. It was really a, uh, a knockout, head kick and punches win for Jones. It was overturned. Jones stripped of the title after testing positive for Terrenabal. That's the only one that he's actually been stripped of or anything like that. But I'm not talking about stripped of, but we, he still tested positive. So that's the third time he tested positive, though. Yeah, but it, but none of the other ones had to do with any of the fights. But it, even still, it makes you think, like, okay. Yeah, in the both Cormier fights, he was he was he tested positive for roids. It's not saying both of them. It's it it may have happened after, but he was stripped for violating the UFC athlete code of conduct. I don't know what that means. All I, I, I do know this. I'm telling you, I remember, I remember both of them, and I remember Cormier saying, like literally on TV saying, I don't know how to keep fighting this guy. He won't fight me clean. I remember that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, I do, listening to it on ESPN. I do I remember, remember you talking about that. Uh, yeah. Not you. I, I remember him talking about that. So, uh, let's see. Damien said, I wouldn't blame any fighter to take steroids. I mean, who the hell wants to be looking like Nate Robinson? Uh, that's- and don't get in the ring. Don't don't get into fighting. No one's putting a gun to your head. Nobody's holding your family hostage to make you fight. That's a, you, You're right about that. This is, this is a free will and choice that these people make. They train, and they walk into a ring, and they take the risk. Okay? You don't want to do that? Don't do it. But for you to take anabolic steroids, dude, we can turn people into superhuman folks now with the, the with the pharmaceuticals that we have in our world today. We just can't. That's you, just not okay. You'll kill somebody. 
Uh, speaking of that, uh, so that's uh, that's not Carlos Gomez jumped in and said breaking news, guys. Vincent Jackson found dead. Wow, crazy. Um, and yeah, I just I pulled up a couple of stories. Jackson, thirty-eight, was a South Tampa resident, checked into the hotel room in Brandon on January eleventh, and had been staying in a room since then. His family reported him missing February tenth. Two days later, deputies uh, with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office located Jackson at the Homewood Suites. Uh, at, let's see, uh, Palm River Road. Da, 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 da. That is... They didn't say cause of death? No, he was uh, located deceased around 11.30 a.m. on Monday in his hotel room by a housekeeper. No signs of trauma. Um, okay, so had, that's, that was like, like, was he stabbed? Was he shot? You know, was he strangled? Or is this an OD situation, a stroke situation, a heart attack situation? That is, I mean, and you might not know that, but you can tell. Okay, we don't think somebody else killed him. Yeah, apparently, no. He no, died of either either substance abuse or natural causes. Well, I mean, he he was found dead in a hotel room in Brandon, Florida. Yeah, that is crazy. He had been staying in the hotel since January eleventh. That is crazy. That's weird. So he he had been in the same hotel for a year. I mean, for a month. That's. See, something's a, little, something's a little weird about that. Casey said, uh, damn, RIP. Uh, and he said he was very underrated at San Diego. Yeah. So Vincent Jackson no, that was, was, was So that was, those were the best San Diego teams that, that, that I've ever seen. The Dalen Thomas, the, the very beginning of Antonio Gates' career, LT, Rivers, and Vincent Jackson were just unstoppable. That is, uh, that is certainly crazy. Um, I mean, he was the three-time Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. He was only thirty-eight years old. He was the same age those as are, we are. Yeah, those are those are the Marty Schottenheimer years too. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that sucks. That is Marty terrible. gone. VJ's gone. That's that's tough. Um, it, on back on the the UFC thing. Um, let's see who was it that said. Oh, uh, Casey said, "I wish they would do the tournaments like back in the day." Uh, who is it that uh, Bellator does tournaments and and they do it? You know. This month, we're going to do these fights, and then the winners of those fights will fight, you know, next month at whatever, six weeks from now at whatever. Like, they they still do the tournaments, and those are legit. Like, I, I kind of like that better than, um, much better than the way that the UFC does it, where, you know, you're just trying to call out whoever's going to give you the biggest payday. Uh, but, I mean, there's a reason why UFC makes a lot more money. So, is what it, hey, did you see Bellator signed up with Showtime? Like Showtime Boxing and and Showtime Fights is doing Bellator now. I don't know that I've ever watched a Bellator fight. It's uh, I went to one at the FedEx Forum, not too terribly long ago, and sat ringside for it or cage side, whatever. And it was it was pretty well done. Like a really really good organization, but just not as many big names. Uh, any anybody that's really good over there typically goes over to the UFC. And yeah. once guys are washed up in UFC, they kind of head back over to like UL uh, Romero is is back over there in Bellator now after he kind of ran out at UFC. Um, so it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, uh, moving on to college basketball, right quick. This weekend, we had the announcement of the early seeding. So the NCAA has started doing this to kind of give everybody an idea of where the top four seeds are for each regional when you are like midway through February. And they did it this weekend 
your number one seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Ohio State, and everybody immediately started complaining that uh, Michigan hadn't played in two weeks. Da 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 da. You know why? Why would you have them up there? Well, their resume stated that they should be up there, and just because they're on a two week or three week COVID pause does not mean that the resume is not what it is. And then Michigan came out and they handled uh, Wisconsin on the road. Uh, like, only allowed 20 points in the second half. Yeah. I, I will tell you this. The most underrated hire that anybody has made as an assistant coaching hire, Jawan Howard brought in Phil Martelli, former St. Joe's coach. You remember him? Mm, no. Phil Martelli had some great, great teams at St. John, uh, St. Joe's. Um, and, and he, I mean, he made it to Elite Eights. I mean, all kind of different. He brought a ton of NBA guys through there. And eventually, obviously, he's an older guy, but the guy knows his X's and O's. You don't have to have superstar players all the time. You can develop yeah. them there. And Martelli has been a godsend for that team. Jawan Howard, I think, is a good basketball coach. I think him and, uh, him and Phil Martelli put together is unreal. So Michigan obviously deserves a number one seed. Ohio State deserves a one seed. Your two seeds, Alabama, Illinois, Houston, and Villanova. Uh, Villanova happened to go out and get slapped around by Creighton. Uh, immediately after this. Then you had Oklahoma, Tennessee, West Virginia, and Virginia. And Oklahoma was listed as the last of the three seeds. Tennessee lost at LSU. West Virginia lost uh, at home to Oklahoma. And I think that Oklahoma will uh, will move up, obviously, with that. Tennessee, I, I can't trust Tennessee at all this year. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's kind of the same thing with Iowa. Uh, Tennessee, I can't trust their offense. Iowa, I can't trust their defense. Uh, Texas is a four seed. I would imagine that they are going to move up eventually now that they're all healthy and whatnot. Uh, Missouri, a four seed. They uh, they got beat at home by Arkansas. And then Texas Tech is on a COVID pause. They were supposed to play Baylor. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. So, the seeding and whatnot is interesting. Um, anybody that ends up in the same regional with Gonzaga and Baylor is just going to have to go through it. And I think Michigan is is getting close to that same form. I don't think that they are on the same level with Gonzaga and Baylor. But college basketball is getting really interesting. Like, really, really interesting. We're, we're talking about the fact that the Blue Bloods are not uh, the guys. Yep. You know, they're not the ones this year. But you still got some monsters in this sport. Uh, Kansas, or Casey said Missouri is very underrated. They play really good team ball. Man, they got beat by 20-something at Ole Miss the other night. And, and when you're not, like, an overwhelming team, that's going to happen sometimes. Like you're you're gonna I, have. I that. think the SEC tournament's gonna be a lot of fun. I think it I is really too. Do. I think I think Ole Miss and LSU are absolute live dogs in, in anything. You know, Alabama's obviously the best team. Missouri's really good, but we see what happens when one of those other underrated teams can you know can put something on you sometimes. If so you can play there, good there's, defense, there's a lot of good basketball to be played in the SEC this year. I don't know if any of it's great, but but I think a lot of it's good. Uh, the Big Ten is ridiculous. Uh, one well, the thing Big to, Ten's obviously, no, yeah. no, the Big Ten's the best conference, and it's not close. Hey, Casey, it's not close. Casey said Ole Miss is really good, too, just inconsistent. Yeah, that's that's the issue, yeah. right? That's uh, But, that, I mean, that's the SEC, though. That's a, Outside of Alabama, that's been everybody. Uh, Casey said, I've got Baylor at 750 bucks, Iowa at 1100 and Bama at 2900 if they win the championship. Um, Let's see. Casey said, can Kentucky win the SEC tournament? If Clark comes back, I think they got a chance, but Missouri and Bama are going to be tough. Uh, so, look, um, no, Kentucky cannot win the SEC tournament. They played worse with Clark in the lineup than without him. Like, they are they are more of a team 
without Clark. Like, Clark, five-star freshman, all that kind of stuff, right? But if you look at his stats, like, he is he, – he brings that team down because he is – he's like a black hole, man. He, he takes so many shots, and he doesn't make enough of them to warrant it. So, no, I don't believe even, – even if he comes back, I just don't think that that's – Kentucky's a shit team this year. Like, they just suck this year. Yeah, they're just so, bad. It, it, you're going to have that sometimes, man. It's it, it's ironic, not ironic, it's insane that Calipari does not ever have these kind of teams. And yet, here he is. He's finally got one. So, yeah, if you're going to do it, though, COVID This would be year, the year to do it. Nobody cares. Yeah. You got that right. Let's uh, let's move to a little NFL talk. Uh, R.I.P. Therese Paler, Yahoo Sports writer. Um, he covered the NFL for a while. He was only 37 years old. Uh, went to sleep one night, just didn't wake up. The didn't next wake morning. up. And it's terrifying to think of. I mean, he was younger than we are. And, you know, the story that Dan Wetzel and those guys were telling, and, and somebody else was telling this story as well. I forget who all talked about it. But I figured we would talk about it as well. Therese Paler is responsible for Terrell Owens getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He had already been up for it twice, and... The room, the, the the way it was explained, the room for the Hall of Fame, the guys that are sitting around discussing it, is a bunch of old white dudes. Yep. And obviously, T.O. had some uh, controversial things go on in his career. There are some people that didn't <clears throat> like him as a teammate. There are some people that did like him as a teammate, obviously. And they were talking back and forth, and it looked like T.O. was not going to make it in for a third straight year. And for whatever reason, Therese Paler was in the room, and he stood up and told all these old white men that, hey, this is what watching T.O. meant to me growing up as a football fan and what it meant for so many younger black men to watch him and the way that he played, and he made it fun. And he was must-see TV, and that is what a Hall of Fame is. Like, he has the numbers, obviously. He should have been in on the first go. That's right. But because of the the controversies and whatnot, all the storylines around him where he's got a bad attitude or he's just a diva and all this kind of stuff, Therese Paler got up and talked to all of them and said, he deserves to be in because he is what the Hall of Fame is about. People remember him. They know who he is, and he's a good dude. He made football fun. He brought a lot of new fans to the sport, and and that's what you want in a Hall of Fame. That's right. And they got him in. Now, T.O. did not even know the story until after Paler had passed, which is sad, right? Yeah. But, um, but it just goes to show. You yeah, never know nobody contacted T.O. to let him know, hey, but you, T. Got, you got an advocate out there, man. You remember T.O. didn't even show up for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know. Like, he was so mad about not getting in the first two times, um, even though his numbers absolutely won. Oh, yes. No, no, so, no, no, no. No, he's in conversation as the third best receiver of all time if we just look at numbers. Oh, yeah. And so it, all of that, and it, what he was second in yardage behind Jerry Rice, third yeah. in touchdowns behind Rice and uh, Randy Moss. Randy Moss, yeah. I mean, it, it I, and and there, there might be some that might argue that he's he was better than Moss. I I wouldn't I would never do that. I don't I don't think that's right. But there's nothing. All the wide receivers in the history of the NFL, and you're the third best. Yeah, that's a first ballot thing. 
Yes, 100%. Casey jumped in. T.O. was first ballot all day. Absolutely he was. And and Therese Paler, obviously, great writer. I mean, he the guy knew so much football. I mean, it, just reading his stuff, you could tell it. And I enjoyed reading his NFL stuff over at Yahoo Sports. Uh, Casey said Randy Moss is number one wide receiver of all time. Um, yeah, I could, that's, I could get down with that's that. A, that's, a, that's a real p- hard pill to swallow if you actually look at stats, Casey. Yeah, because Jerry Rice is... The separation between Jerry Rice and everybody else is miles and miles and miles. You are correct. So, um, could you imagine, like, what what would Joe Montana be without Jerry Rice? I, mean, I think he would still be great. I, th- I still think he would be great. And I know that's the argument for Moss was, is, well, he never played with a great quarterback. Yeah, but he also never played with, like, a dud quarterback either. Like, he, that's you know, true. he had one great year with Tom Brady, and then Tom got hurt in the first quarter of the next season. And then that next year, uh, Tom was coming off the injury, wasn't real stable, had to kind of relearn how to play on the knee, and Randy was starting to kind of do some Randy things and got out of there. Um, well, and he also yeah. got hurt, didn't he? I no. thought it, I thought it got hurt that season. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that Randy got hurt. I think Randy played. He just was a. He started becoming Randy Moss again. A little bit of a headache. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah. So the Torres Paler stuff. Uh, it you hate to see that. Obviously, I mean it's a, it's a, such a cliche thing to say, but uh, but obviously rest in peace to him. His work was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I hate that Terrell Owens never knew that story. Because I yeah. thought it was fascinating, uh, and it and it kind of goes to show exactly how these backroom dealings work, right? When when people are being elected to Hall of Fames, et cetera, et cetera, it's just it's such a sham. It's it's so disgraceful in the in the way that they talk about this. I mean, they the guys that make these decisions have no real touch with the reality or or how the sport is evolving. All all, the all of the all of the uh, all of the fames. They're just popularity contests. That's yeah, it. and it, it, it's popularity contest with the right people, because it, I don't know that you would have found anybody that was more popular than than To. Oh you, oh yeah, no, To was not a very popular guy. To was popular with a very small section of NFL fans. That's it. Yeah, I didn't like To. To was great. I didn't like him. I never pulled for him. I pulled for him. I thought it was fan. No, like, I thought never, it was fascinating. Once. Never once. I thought never. it was fascinating. So, but it is what it is. Uh, we will move off of that. And let's uh, we I've got two topics and two different quarterbacks that I want to close out with. And we'll go ahead and start off. First one, Johnny Football. Johnny Manziel was back on a football field this weekend. And, um, you know, obviously everybody remembers former Cleveland Brown uh, first-round pick. You know, he had all these issues. He was cut. He hadn't played in an NFL game since 2015. I mean, he... Everybody thought he was kind of he, he is washed up. He was he made an appearance briefly in the AAF in Memphis, and nothing has really happened since. Like you see him pop up on TMZ every now and then. He was a, a superstar. Uh, Damian said To was the Kardashians of football, and Johnny Football is is partly like a Kardashian. He might be like that that Scott dude that's like married to one of them or was. Yeah, I was about whatever. to say the but, the reason you could make the To comparison is because the Kardashians like him or not are amazing. They're huge. They're huge. And T.O. is huge. Uh, Johnny football was huge for five minutes at Texas A&M. Agreed. Agreed. It was one season. He won a Heisman Trophy. He was absolute. well, two seasons. But he won a Heisman Trophy his first year in. 
It, the stuff he did on a football field was out of this world. That's right. um, Casey said he didn't look great with the other football league. No, he did not look good in Memphis at all. I mean, I, I went out and watched him. He was not great. Um, but in this situation, he completed one out of five passes for uh, for the Zappers, whoever that is. Uh, 11 yards passing. He rushed for 67 yards and a touchdown on eight carries. He had a 38-yard run on his first play from scrimmage, and it almost went for a touchdown. And it was really fun to watch the highlights of. It's the fan-controlled football league. I don't even know what this uh, It's on Twitch, I guess. It's really strange. But his quote after is what really it tickled me because I, I enjoy seeing this. He said, feels like I'm super washed up, but I still had a blast. He said, that's the most fun I've had in a while. And they asked him about, you know, if if you get a call to go back to the NFL, like, would you want to do it? He said, no. He said, I'm not an NFL player. <laughs> he actually admitted it. He was like, I am not good enough to play in that league. I've already been there when I was yeah. five years younger. Like, no, I wouldn't go do that. It's really hard. Like, it is a really difficult thing to be able to and play in the NFL. he plays the hardest position there is to play. Yes. Uh, it said that he has not received interest from the NFL in years. He doesn't sound concerned with finding another football playing career. He joined the FCF just for fun. He said, the product will keep getting better as the weeks go on. Good start, even with the loss. You know, win or lose, we booze on the zappers. He's just out here partying, man. He is enjoying himself, and I can't blame him. Like, I, I th- No, I'm sure he's trying to make some money, and I'm sure he's trying to have a good time. And That's, I don't even know that this is – I don't even know that it's money. I think well, he's got to be making something. I'm sure he is. But uh, it, it, let's see. It's an arena league played on a 50-yard field that's 35 yards wide. The startup league includes investors with NFL ties. It's Chad Johnson, Marshawn Lynch, and Richard Sherman. It it sounds okay. Like, I, it, it looks like an arcade game with all the highlights that I've seen. It, it seems like a losing investment. Very much so. Sa- very sounds much so. like those three gentlemen are going to lose some money. I I would not doubt that at all. Um, it did look entertaining. I just don't know that I would turn it on. And I I mean I don't know how you're going to sell sponsorships and get people interested in this thing. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, we'll close out with this one. We got to talk about your boy right quick. Obviously, everybody knows. You can see the picture right behind Chris right there. Yeah. That is a signed picture yeah. of one coach Ed Orgeron. That's right. So you know we had to close out with this. McNeese State wins in double overtime at Tarleton State in the first FCS game of the spring. Cody Orgeron. Let me pull up the stats here. 40-37 to 37 in double overtime, by the way. Cody, not a great passer. We'll go ahead and admit that. 14 out of 34 passing. Doesn't sound great. 170 yards, but three touchdowns passing. He had 19 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Every, That's not too bad. Every touchdown that they scored was because of Cody Orgeron. This guy was not great last season, but he looked pretty damn good against Tarleton State's defense, man. Um, they were down 31-17 to with four minutes left in this ballgame and came back, scored a touchdown with about two minutes left, kicked an onside kick, drove it down, scored another touchdown, and then ended up winning in double overtime how proud of your, uh, not your son, 
but I'm sure that you think of him as that. My brother. Uh, okay, your brother. Uh, because you, you look at Coach O kind of as a dad. Okay, I can, I can yeah, do I don't this. know about that. Man. He's, like, he's like a crazy uncle. He's like a cousin. <laughs> okay, so, so okay, cousin so Cody, cousin. yeah. I think, I think, uh, yeah, it was awesome. I, I, I liked, I didn't watch it live. I didn't, you know, whatever, but I did watch all the highlights and, and yeah, it was fun. I can get down with it. I can get down. It it looked like a lot of fun. I wish I had been able to find it on an actual TV channel instead of, uh, I know I'm really annoyed with, with these games, not being on TV. Listen, college basketball ain't that enticing. Okay. And there's only like six of these games a week. Yeah. So you you can't schedule it on a time where there's a college basketball game where nobody gives a shit about. I mean, I I agree. I, I agree. mean, ratings are down so bad already on anything everything else. Just give these guys a shot. And my issue is is what is what is what is CBS Sports doing? You know what is what is Fox Sports South doing? Like what what are these what are these channels doing? Yeah. NBC Sports. What are you doing? Give me FS1. You got you to replay the, the 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 NASCAR bullshit all day long. You can't just say, hey, in three hours, we're going to put this football game on. I mean, it would make sense to me. It seems like you would draw in more viewers with uh, yes. even an FCS game. You Hang on. It's not more viewers. You would draw in new viewers. People who don't know how to get to NBC Sports. People who don't know how to access CBS Sports or don't know CBS Sports exist yep. as a thing. They would now find it. Agreed. And it would now exist as a thing. Uh, I don't know. We hadn't talked about this. Do you see NBC Sports is shutting down, I think, at the end of the year? Yes. Yeah. How yes. crazy is that? I mean, it, Not enough content. They, they can't find enough good content. Oh, holy shit. You've got a whole sports league right now being played. Nobody can find their games. Call them up. I'm sure it would You'll be get cheap. them for a song, man. That's, I love that phrase. I love that phrase. What are we doing? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Why can't why can't why can't people just call us and say, "Give me advice, give me advice." I don't need <laughs> charge. I don't even care. Hey, you know what just, we need to do? We need to start up a uh, uh, winning cures everything advising firm. Yeah, I mean, think me. about all, the, all your problems. Think about all the money that these conferences. I mean, I'm probably going to stir some shit up and piss some people off while fix it. But that needs to happen to fix your problems. Yes, you're just too close to the situation to to realize it. Yes, very much so. Very much so. All right. Is there anything else we need to talk about? No. I think we can get I'm, not, I'm, I'm sad about the VJX news. That sucks. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I, re- I really, it's, it's weird when you watched a guy for a long time and you kind of really liked him. I mean, I, I, I don't like the tweet. This is the stupid stuff that I think about, okay? Yeah. This makes me kind of a moron, but also this is who I am. But, like, I saw the tweet, and I was like, why they got him in the Bucks gear? Like, because he died in Tampa. Like, come on, man. Like, I know that guy is a charger. And yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe more people know him as a buck than than that. I, I just really love those Chargers teams. And and I, I just I always pictured him as a charger because of that. And so when I saw the Bucks here, I was like, come on, dude. Like, is I mean, this because it, no, they that, just won the Super Bowl or what, what no, are we doing? No, it's it, because that's the last team that he played for. Yeah, but close out his career. Right, there so he, if Tom Brady th- would does something when at the end of his career, we're just gonna put him in Bucks gear for the rest of, for all eternity. No, but I mean, come on, I that's a terrible like like Brett Favre. He, he's not a Viking. He doesn't. Outside of the highlights of him playing for the Vikings, nobody needs to remember him as a Viking. Um, what were his stats with the Bucks? I don't think he was like 
great with them. Well, it was at the um, end of his career, but he was, I mean, he was still a very good receiver then, but he wasn't great when he was with the Chargers, man. I mean, I mean, he was a, he was a top tier receiver in the league. Let's see. He played five seasons with Tampa Bay yeah. and he played seven seasons with the Chargers. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It's like not like he never. It's just those Chargers teams were iconic. Those Chargers teams were good. And if it wasn't for a man named Tom Brady and Bill Belichick or Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy, those Chargers teams are going to Super Bowls. Yeah, uh, in Tampa, his numbers were better in Tampa than they were in in San Diego. Now that Maybe might that be. Was it. That might be, uh, but some of that could be how, how much he had to share the ball. Whatever. I know him as a Charger. I mean, it, yeah, no, it, it makes I, sense. It, like I said, this is a me thing, and I I know that all of the news verse can't, you know, just take my feelings into consideration and just do whatever the hell I want or what I think is right. I'd be happier, but this goes back to my high maintenance stuff that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Well, yeah, absolutely. I just, I want him to be a charger, damn it. <laughs> He played for those shot, uh, those, 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 those Schottenheimer, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, yeah. and, and yeah, all those that. Marty yeah. Schottenheimer teams. Yeah, because well, Marty just died. Like, you know, put yeah. him in the Chargers gear. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Damien said, "I would like to not remember Favre at all." Casey jumped in. Favre was great, bro. You're tripping. Uh, no, it's not that. Damien's just a Bears, a Bears fan. fan. Like, come on, Casey. <laughs> first, first he beat. First he he ruined his life for about 15 years with the with the. Packers and then and then ruined his life at the end of the, the career the two years with the Vikings. Faux so. show. And I don't blame him for wanting to forget far of it all. Faux show. All right. I'll never forget him. Let's uh let's go on and get out of here. This was a fun show today. So we appreciate everybody that jumped in to the comments, Casey and Damien and all the rest of you guys. We certainly appreciate you uh for being a part of the show. Go and subscribe to the podcast, of course. Uh, head over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Make sure that you subscribe over there on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search out SBR Picks. Our college football week five of the offseason show is going to be up over there on Wednesday, I do believe. Um, they, where, where the stuff is edited and whatnot, uh, they don't have any snow. They ain't got any winter storms coming up. Oh, they so. ain't Costa Rica. My uncle been posting pictures from Costa Rica. It's nice. Making me jealous. It's nice. It's hey, Taylor so this again. is funny. I want to. I want to. I want to throw this out there. I just checked Twitter real quick. Andy Staples tweeted this, and this is earlier during the press conference for Gus Malzahn, one of the AAC hard hitting uh, reporters. Not really knocking anybody. Asked Gus Malzahn, a former Auburn coach, might add, if he understood what a pressure cooker was like walking into UCF. I think I think he knows what pressure's like, baby. I think just I think so. I just I think he knows. I think he's got an idea of of a little bit of pressure. I need to go back and watch this video and and see if he smirked at him a little bit. Like yeah, that had I'm, to be. I'm, I'm curious now. Seeing that from Andy Staples, yeah, I need to go find the press conference and actually watch it now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Uh, you guys have been fantastic. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the show out. Tell your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that like button for us. We would appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Uh, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. We will be back on Wednesday uh, with a lot more to discuss because, my God, the sports world never stops turning, and uh, and we are going to be locked in for quite a while. We are Over the next week, we got like another 10 inches of snow coming, so... We're going to be locked in the house, doing our thing. Hopefully, my two-year-old does not want to go back out and play in the snow when he gets up from his nap, but my guess is he will want to. So, uh, three more layers of clothes and uh, 
and we'll make sure that the laundry is rolling. So, all right, Chris, uh, have fun smoking the meats today, my friend. I wish I could get over there to taste some of it, but uh, it's it is gonna be it is. delicious. Oh, I'm sure it is. I am sure it is. Hey, we're having chili cheese dogs tonight for dinner. Yeah, boy, I'm pumped about it. All right, you guys have been great. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully this week, if there are any sports uh, that you can bet on, I hope you all cash your tickets. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.